Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't, I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When, when did that or when did that happen? Or when we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies. But it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. To Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one second winded minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> I'm Zach Luna. And joining us, we have John Robert Wilson from the well, Fifth Element at Podcast. Oh, welcome, John. Thank you for being here, John. Happy thanks to have for, you. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Uh, we, we love getting, uh, New Yorkers on this show. So any excuse we can get a New Yorker on. Oh yeah. Well, these, these podcasts are always a great excuse for me to not use a swear word, swear word for more than 30 minutes because a New Yorker, it's incredibly hard to do. It's a fun exercise, I suppose. Yeah. There's a, you know, you know as Lewis Black always says, you know, the, the F word, we use it as a comma. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, I'll let well, your listeners guess which F word that is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sort of um, like well, how they use punches as commas today. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. Um, <laughs> and today we are talking about minute 108, which begins with Peter rising to his feet and ends with a familiar voice speaking through the goblin helmet saying, Peter, stop, stop. It's me. Oh. <gasps> Gasp. Yeah. The eminent reveal. If Here only I could put my finger on who that voice is. <laughs> <laughs> Great uh, mystery about to be unveiled. Uh, I mean, Peter <laughs> knows who it is at this point, doesn't he? No. No. Oh, he does. This is where he finds out in a second. That's yeah. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is which is actually different from the comics because he does find out that Norman is the goblin for a while because there's mm-hmm. that whole... There's that whole uh, bit where um, the goblin like basically gets him on the ropes and like literally actually on the ropes. He has like ties him <laughs> to a chair in a in a burning building and uh, he 
gets himself out of it, and then somehow in his fight with the goblin, the goblin ends up like giving himself amnesia. Um, and yes. so, so he has amnesia and so he's just Norman again for a while and only, only Peter knows that Norman is the goblin. Uh, right. and it's, right. it's weird that they didn't go that way. And it's even weirder now that I'm thinking about it, that they later give the amnesia storyline to Harry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we missed an opportunity here. Uh, let's just yeah. circle back around to it. It's not <laughs> Why broke. not? It's not broke. <laughs> is there is there is there ever a case where you can call uh, uh, an amnesia subplot a missed opportunity? Because <laughs> I feel like it's an overused one. That's um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So no, he doesn't. He doesn't know who uh, who the goblin is yet. Um, he's about to. But yeah. Uh, okay. I, I feel like if Peter oh, had yeah. used just a little bit more deductive reasoning earlier on in the film he might have figured it out you know possibly around thanksgiving yeah, but right uh, our version of peter is not you know detective man so uh, no this is gonna be surprising for him tomorrow <laughs> he, he's got he's got the spider sense he doesn't need to pick up on context clues anymore. <laughs> see when you get when you get spider sense you're like your common sense uh like sort of gets decreased in you know an, as- an, an associate amount right to sort of compensate right. yeah right it's like like how you, you know, you get better at hearing if you lose your sight. If you gained another sense, maybe your other ones would get duller from underuse. Like, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, maybe I don't have to care as much about, you know, common sense things or looking out for myself if I know that I've got a little ringing bell that will let me know when something's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so I've got, yeah, I've got a legitimate question. <laughs> I would uh, love a legitimate question. <laughs> where, where does... Th- Okay, first of all, what would you call this thing? A trident? Is a it trident. a trident? Yeah, we'll call okay. it a trident. Yeah. Okay. It's a futuristic-looking like, trident. It's like a trident yeah. you would use for shoveling hay or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's like three-dimensional. It's like a three-dimensional trident. Because like most tridents are like kind of like flat, you know, like yeah. the three three spokes or whatever. They're all like the same line. plane. Yeah. 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 Right. And this is this is uh yeah this is like three a three D this is a three D trident in the way that like three D Doritos are three D they're not <laughs> yeah. really they're just it's you know. a sort um, of radial symmetry instead of like, right whatever but <laughs> so <laughs> so this trident like where does this thing come from because. <laughs> Yeah, how did he cast it? What forge yeah. did he go to? <laughs> I don't know. I even, don't know. Even beyond that, how did it get to him here? Because I assume the ideas were supposed to infer that the trident is somehow on the on board the goblin glider, but he jumped off yeah. of it empty-handed, and he's been beating on Peter empty-handed. How yeah. does he have it in his hand? Oh, I can tell you how. He's like, oh, I'd love to know. He's like, uh, deploy trident. Oh yes, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Deploy trident. <laughs> just a singular then the, button. The, the, then yeah. is yeah. Then the thing just shoots out of the thing, and he's got it. He's, yeah. Just comes up from nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just it. It's like okay. it's like Keaton's Batman in the Batmobile. Like it's you know. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, calls shields. on it. <laughs> shields, right? Crystal just watched that movie. She was just on that that podcast. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just want to point out. I was watching this minute on a loop earlier. 
And uh-huh. uh, you know, I'm I feel like nowadays we're kind of spoiled with all like the fake explosions and destruction in the background during these, you know, uh comic book superhero fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Looking at it now, and that you know, it's very obvious that they used a practical set and it's almost it almost doesn't hold up. Almost. Almost. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it holds yeah. up, but it's just like, wow, it's, just, it's very, very simple uh, compared <laughs> it, to what we're what we're used to now. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of quaint, you know? Yeah. It has There's, that flavor of like old Hollywood, like, oh, yeah, they built a soundstage and then they, you know, broke stuff. Oh, that's right. nice. Yeah. 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 Um, There's no sky beams. No. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, uh, just, a, just a rough and tumble fight on a set. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the yeah. thing. Okay, the obvious question is the where of the trident. And I, I guess we've resolved that with the, you know, Batman 89 approach. <laughs> the ploy trident? Yeah, the, yeah, the, you know, the radial superfly trident. But I guess my question is more a, less of a, a where trident and a why trident. Like, <laughs> why, though? Like, why is that? A th- I think that he doesn't have a trident in the comics, like, no. ever. No, no, like he a- has he he has a he has a rocket broom. Yes, because um, <laughs> that's that's what he has when he first starts out. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe we've got it all wrong. Maybe this is just a rocket broom. No, <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to line it up so he can just turn it on 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 Peter's face and let it go. Yeah, yeah. Like you know how in uh, the Dark Knight when the Batmobile gets too damaged, the like miniature uh, <laughs> like bat cycle pops out of it so that you still have a. <laughs> transportation device so this is like right. if your glider gets really messed up you could just fly away on the rocket broom yeah, <laughs> yeah this is the the glider pod um, oh, this is the back end of the rocket broom because it looks yeah. like the broom part and that so he's right. gonna turn a jet engine on in his face that's what he's right. gonna that's, do yeah that's oh, what i'm saying yeah that's awful he's, he's gonna melt his face <laughs> yeah <laughs> MJ and I, we're gonna melt your face ah, uh, <laughs> that is wild <laughs> yeah um, so you, so, so, uh, John, you, you mentioned, um, when I saw you in Chicago, you wanted a minute, uh, specifically that had, uh, Toby's face coming out of the mask, yes. which sort of <laughs> become, started, was a trope that started technically with, with Keaton in, in 89, but, uh, it definitely continued in earnest for a while in the two thousands. Yes. Um, so what what was it about? What is it about this trope that uh, you like so much? Well, I just like how it's there's is nothing but like pure uh, actor uh, vainness behind it and 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 uh, <laughs> you know and self love behind it because when they sign these contracts for these movies, they have to say you know a very specific percentage of this person's face has to be on screen, and how <laughs> how awkward would that have been? Since this is the, probably the first one, first one where spy, this type of talk was has happened, and with Spider Man, a superhero that wears a m- mask over his face, you know, his whole face right. too. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, during the final fight, he'll get eighty five percent of his face will be visible, and I was like, oh, come on, really? Uh, so, uh, you know, Deadpool didn't do that. You know, Ryan Reynolds is like, they don't, they don't need to see my face. So I, mm-hmm. I really commend him for sticking to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's always just really, really funny. You know, it's hard for me to watch, uh, Toby Maguire be, have a very determined face. And I would, I think I would be enjoying <laughs> this fight a little bit more if I didn't have to see his 
you know, teeth clenching while he's punching and swinging and screaming. Now you you cover you can cover up his face. I think would be. F- <laughs> I get it, that. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I uh, I tend to like the. Um, I think it's at least reasonably justified in this film with the uh, pumpkin bong to the face and whatnot. Um, I do like being able to see actors yeah. emote in like the climax of movies, but Oh, it, I am totally it, on board. I'm totally yeah. on board with you. It's just Toby, you know, I just Oh, just Toby specifically is like <laughs> yeah, grit determination just, face. I, I see. I yeah. see. Got it. Just his, too much of his, a baby. It, well, yeah. his his grit and determined face, um, I think the problem that a lot of people have with it, because I mean, you know, again, it's it's the face that that, you know, launched a thousand memes. Yeah. Um but <laughs> But, but you know, I think the reason for that, you know, much like how we talked about the crying earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. um, in the same way, just, just something about Toby as an actor, he just, he doesn't have that thing where, and maybe he does and just Sam Raimi doesn't care, um, mm. but, mm. but he, it doesn't seem like he has that thing where he's worried about how he looks. Right. He's just worried about the truth in the scene. And so when you have actors who are like, okay, I gotta, I gotta practice my grit and determination face and make sure I don't look stupid. And so they just look at themselves in a, in a mirror for an hour and like, try to like, (laughs) okay, what does it feel like when I do this to make my face look like that? Yeah. That's what I want to look like. (laughs) Um, But, but Toby, it really just seems like he's just legitimately doing like the grit and determination and like yeah. when you do that <laughs> you don't look pretty you right. never do you know yeah. whose face i do want to see during this fight mm. willem defoe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean did you yeah. see his face in boondock saints my gosh <laughs> yeah amazing face yeah he has a great face oh gosh too good yeah, yeah, I get that. I, he's got to wear uh, he's got to wear a helmet the whole time. His agent didn't his seat, you know. His agent didn't negotiate very well. Yeah, well. Who, like, whose no, fault it's, it's, is it really? He's like, well, the the, the 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 producers were probably like, oh well. I mean, it's vital to the story that he he remains unknown until this one part. Right. I don't yeah. know. He needs how much face does Toby need to see for him to know who he's looking at? Thirty-five percent of the face, forty-five percent of the face. <laughs> I just, I just have an image of like the like a slide, an old school like projector, and they've got like uh, pie graphs as an example, and they're just putting it over his headshot. Like, okay, here's fifty-five percent. Is that too much? Here's twenty percent. Right. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> everyone probably got sick of it. Like we're all getting sick of it right now. And then this his agent is just like, ah, oh, screw it. You can, uh, he'll wear the helmet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everybody. Can, we, can we get can Ugh. we get the lenses off the eyes occasionally? <laughs> right, is yeah. that okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fine, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Can we see him squint? <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah, call it a squint. Right. That's lunch. Good. Oh, good job, oh man. <laughs> Honey, these face negotiations just drain me. <laughs> so good to see you. You always come uh. home so stressed. You're always so upset. <laughs> these face uh. negotiations, babe. I can't. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I owe everything to Willem Dafoe's eye acting. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Got to get that 10%. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, also, it is it is funny, too, that like you have to totally um, redo your approach to the costume in general to do a like beat-up half version, you know, because like, they yeah. don't have the... Um, the undershell anymore and they had to they had to redo um all of the uh muscle suit stuff for this section because there's tears in the suit that show his skin through but also they'd already established his 
uh, silhouette from earlier with the muscle padding. So they had to make like skin colored muscle suit to show through <laughs> and then glue it down so that the edges couldn't rip any further than they actually were. It's just like, <laughs> everything is wow. such a farce when you look into it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Uh, so, so seven, seven seconds of Peter holding, uh, the, the trident, yeah. um, sort of like trident arm wrestling or mm-hmm. whatever you would call it. He this. like samurai two handed blade catches it. Yes. Yeah. It's a very yeah. bucket season two. Like, uh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, seven seconds of holding it in place before he finally decides to, like it's not like he barely wins. Like he wins by a lot. Like he literally shoves Goblin across the room. Yeah, and it's like demonstrably harder to like hold a static load and then push off it than to just do the initial push in the first place. Right. Like if you yeah. ever like if you ever shot like a bow and arrow. If you ever do like the movie thing where like you pull back the bow and then wait for somebody to let go, like your arm will be shaking and it'll be terrible and you'll like let go and it won't be good. But if you just like pull back and release, you can he- hold a much heavier load. So he's like, he's doing like the least efficient thing in this scenario just so we can hear the Danny Elfman tunes, I suppose. Like he's, <laughs> I feel like the decision to catch it is enough to say no, no more, but we just hold on it because I don't know, because fun. But I do want to give actual props. I think this is like the most bombastic and like coolish mm-hmm. that the score gets. Like, or it just really goes mm-hmm. for the whole Batman '89 of it all. I guess. Uh, well, and, and we were also uh, we you know we were talking. I think in yesterday's minute or maybe the minute before. Um, mm-hmm. But we were talking about how Peter's just not strategically using his webbing at all like he was just mm. kind of like making a web and and you know getting the goblin to walk into it and stuff yeah um and now here after he's gotten his second wind he is finally just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna push him into that i'm gonna push him over there in front of that brick wall i'm gonna take i'm gonna web his feet out from under him and then i'm gonna web down this broken brick wall on top yeah. of him um and it's a really cool, really kind of fluid scene. Like when he pulls out the legs from under him and he just sort of pulls and spins around yes. and then uh. webs up the wall um, in the same motion. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, it is, pretty epic. It's yeah. like, it's like the best I think that Toby gets to like a moment as cool as his stunt doubles have been doing the whole film. Yeah. Like, cause he really had to learn that. They said, I was looking in the uh, behind the scenes book that for this fight, they had a, uh, a full week of rehearsals with uh, Toby and um, Willem and the stunt doubles that would be involved in it and that they worked really hard to try to get more fluid movement. And still, like, in earlier minutes about this fight, like, there's still some awkward moments, but this, I think, is where he totally nails the physicality. Like, I get, you know, just, like, proud of him. Like, that's a slick, that's a Spider-Man move right there. Yeah. That's, ah. Yeah, it's slick. Cool. It's yeah. slick. Yeah, it's slick. And uh, uh, props to uh, Kim Kahana, uh, the stunt double for Goblin, for getting an actual prop wall dropped on him. Obviously not a real brick wall, but a physical prop wall they dropped on him. That's fun. I wonder if it was the stuntman or Willem Dafoe doing the one second shot of him on his knees and then holding his hands up instinctively as the wall falls down <laughs> on him. He's like, no, and his, his legs shake a little bit. I almost have to think that's uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Like, it, right. It's not the first time he's 
done a move like that. That's sort of, oh, no, um, <laughs> as the goblin. He's done that a couple of times throughout the movie. Uh, Kind of a kind of a thing. Um, I I I do have to. I mean, we're talking about about uh, you know the practical set and practical effects in mm-hmm. this scene. Um, and one example of it maybe not working the best. Like I really I I I really like the way the goblin looks when he comes out of it. But the brick ball pit uh, that <laughs> they have the goblin in um, is really. <laughs> It's really silly. Like there were not that, that like many bricks on the wall. Yeah, yeah it looks yeah. nothing like the wall that fell on him. <laughs> right. This looks like some sort of like urban themed McDonald's, like you know, <laughs> like play place or something. Post apocalyptic McDonald's play place. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's all it's the fall- foam bricks in there. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a Fallout Four promotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do love his his arm stretching up though. I mean, it's very like you know zombies rising from the grave or something, uh, mm-hmm. vampiric uh, <laughs> like Sam Raimi shenanigans. Just the like booming uh, brass instruments of the soundtrack and this hand just reaching. right. <laughs> like Absolutely. I wish they had a more convincing uh, pit for him to, <laughs> to ride. <that. laughs> Well, you know, that's the thing, yeah, Zach. Yeah. It's not supposed to be a pit. That's yeah. No, I wanted the it to whole problem. Look more like a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Way too many bricks in this wall. Yeah. Like, what uh, if they had a, a a a fake wall that was like a little better constructed and like he punches up through it and like you see like his strength <laughs> return in that way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's several yeah. times when they're punching each other where you see the fake walls kind of move, not like brick walls should, kind of like bounce right. around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I will say, ball put aside, when he stands up and is like trying to kind of like regain his like sense of I don't know composure or right. whatever. Um, yeah. That that goblin costume, that's the when it looks the best. I think in the whole movie is right All there, beat up and dirty. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. And because the the expression on the mask looks like he's just like breathing heavily and like what's going on (laughs) 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 and then spidey comes in like a like a wrecking ball after that yep oh man that phrase is never going to be usable again is it nope it's ruined i think you've just guaranteed that i'm going to edit in a clip of that song uh right after you said that Uh, (laughs) it's just i meant literally he's like a wrecking ball because he's on a (laughs) You know, on a line, and he grabs him. Oh man! Yeah, oh, man. it's a wrecking ball maneuver. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's a wrecking ball maneuver. Uh, I like, <laughs> I like the sound effect when he grabs him. All these like, me- this like metallic sort of like, percussive strike when he hits him. It's just very. I mean, we've been on this the whole last week or so. Like, just the very um, intense, punchy uh, sound design here is sells everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's punching a mask, a helmet, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's make the sound it's making. It's this. It's the standard movie fist <laughs> punch to a fleshy faced sound. Yeah, it should so, be like a pock pock. Yeah, pock. A pop or a crunch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but but when he gets him up against the wall at the end, they have like a nice metallic ring in there. Like when yeah. he grabs him by the throat, and then that like right cross on yeah. his, to his face itself. There's a big old metallic ting. Whatever, mm. which I which I respect. It's almost like it reminds me of the um, 
You know the opening of X Men, the like cage match that um, Wolverine has, the like oh, sound. I thought you were that... t- <laughs> talking about the animated series. Oh no! Great opening, fantastic, okay. one of my favorites. No, uh, but in uh, uh, the Brian Singer X Men, the cage match, like every the sound that like Hugh Jackman's fists make, reminds me of this. Oh, that, that like, slicing flesh yeah, sort of like, sound. Oh, it's rough. It's rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wrecks his mask up. It's pretty fun. Um, yeah, he does. I, I I wonder. I mean, you know, because we know who's in that mask. Um, mm. uh, we are, you know, we're able to stop the escalation of this fight because he can he can stop it in his tracks by. You know, I just realized he he does the he does the arms up like pleading thing again. Yeah. Like that's, that's twice in the same minute that he did that. Um, <laughs> it's just, just Norman's move. Uh, yeah. but yeah, like because, because of, uh, you know, the fact that that's, that's Norman under there and, uh, he can, you know, reveal himself and, and basically stop the escalation. If, if who was under there was someone who meant nothing to <laughs> Peter or Spider-Man, what happens next? I like murder, I guess. Yeah, murder, uh, yeah. homicide. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, to, legitimately, during I mean, it is a very cool move the the wall pulling, but I I have to admit I have to assume he was trying to kill him there. Like, I don't think you drop a brick wall on somebody. And expect them to live. So yeah. I feel like it, he already made the choice that this is, you know, this is me, me or, or you, buddy. Death, yeah. death, death stakes. What do they death call that? Stakes. Yeah, death stakes. <laughs> death stakes. It, it's interesting because you know earlier we had that conversation about what would happen to the robber, to right? The, the carjacker. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so and and this is actually kind of a I'm just realizing is kind of shot the same way mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. him up against a wall and there's a window there. I mean it's all destroyed, oh, yeah. but, the, but there's a window. So like all of this is <sighs> but uh, all of this seems like a visual sort of callback to that scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um only they don't feel the need to uh you know, call attention to it the way that they right. do in that scene to the to the carjacker. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever realized that before. Right, and also if they are, you know, drawing such a clear line from that to here, that you would think we might have a little bit more of a moral dilemma on our hands, uh, considering how how big the repercussions of him not. In, intentionally killing that guy, but you know, almost feeling ready to, and then dealing with the the aftermath of that. That we're kind of just skating by the idea that it's fine to murder this guy. I mean, we're still riding the <laughs> high of like you know the sort of creepy, gross, uh, not sort of like explicitly creepy and gross. MJ and I hell of a timeline that that's enough justification to you know for him to do anything. I guess like that's a little squicky. Like I. I I don't know how I feel about that. The idea that, well, e- this exact moral question was raised earlier in the film, but it's fine now because he threatened your girl, so kill mm-hmm. him. Yeah. But even then, if you remember, 
that moral question was raised, he was distracted the way that he's being distracted now. Yeah. So he the didn't guy, actually have to make it. Yeah. Right. So he didn't actually have to make the decision. And then <clears> the <throat> guy ends up killing himself, which is exactly what happens here. Oh. Oh. That's no. so weird. Oh. <laughs> Dave, Parallels. <laughs> Parallels. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That's so weird. Huh. Interesting. Mm. Wow. Going back just like a quick couple of seconds, there's a shot where uh, Zach said he as Spider-Man came in as a like a wrecking ball, <laughs> and, and I uh, and I, I slowed down that shot for a second. I was like, it looks like the Green Goblin is a dummy being hit by a stuntman, Ooh. and it looks really funny. But if you slow it down, I think it's actually a composite shot of one guy getting thrown back by one of those like you know gas pneumatic devices or whatever that you know. And it just throws oh, you yeah. back, you know. And it looks oh. like a, a composite shot of him of Spider-Man swinging, and another shot of the guy th- getting thrown. And then it's kind of blurred a little bit to make it yeah. seem very, very, Ooh. very just to uh, sell believable. that moment. Yeah, yeah. that's good. that would make sense. Yeah, you sort of lock it off. Yeah, that way well, you I don't guess, have to, yeah. you know, even risk a guy getting hit and just yeah. throw the guy backward and then, or maybe it's a dummy. The way, <laughs> the yeah. way its arms kind of flail to its sides as it as it turns to notice Spider Man about to hit him, it's like okay, maybe it is a dummy. <laughs> the, the the idea that it's a dummy is funnier. I think <laughs> that's but, uh, true. And it wouldn't be the first time yeah, exactly. they've, they've messed with dummies on this on this movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah. R- reminders of the Spider Mannequin. Yeah, the infamous uh, Spider Mannequin from yeah. <laughs> right before the um, rooftop scene. Yeah. Huh. I love this. I love this dented up goblin mask. Yes. Ah. <gasps> oh. Which is. Ah. Oh. Go- His go- chin is like all caved in. Like, I don't think I've ever man. I I've ever n- noticed or realized watching this movie just you know regular. Yeah. Just how messed up this mask is at this point. He really wrecks him, which, which yeah. is the thing I love in terms of uh, it's it's something that reminds me of another like fairly famous messed up uh, helmet prop that I'll say in a second. But that an object that seems like it would be simple to make, but actually requires like a ton of weird work, like in the world of the film, this is a like a metal, like, you know, protective helmet thing. And you could in that world just like hit it really hard. Like if you had a pristine version of the prop, you could just like hit it until it deformed. But in actuality, they built this out of fiberglass, um, which you can't bend like that. Like it cracks and splinters instead of right. bending. So they had to re-sculpt a damaged one from scratch <laughs> in order to make this Here object. we have yeah. <laughs> regular goblin, and then we have battle damage goblin, regular Spider-Man, <laughs> battle damage Spider-Man. And the, like, they've uh, already got, you know, the just got to shrink them down <clears throat> for the action figures. Boom. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's we like, got we got electric goblin and underwater yeah. goblin. <laughs> We've got dog goblin here and uh, single goblin who's ready for a hot date on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, oh, my oh, kingdom boy. for that action! Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's Malibu goblin. <laughs> oh my god! Well, well and, uh, what? <laughs> an ice cream parlor goblin. Here we go. Mm. Oh, How many more of not, these can we do? No, I'm sorry. I don't know. I could say uh, <laughs> an infinite number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the damage goblin mask though it reminds me of the um the melted Vader helmet prop from mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven because again they tried it out with like you know they have they had the molds and stuff from Episode Three um you know that they could get a pristine helmet and then try to mess with it but it 
the most of the materials you use don't like to melt properly. They don't they won't deform like that. They'll catch on fire. So they just sculpted a melted version. Like you had to think of how it would melt and then sculpt that. And mm. think of how this would bend and deform and then sculpt that instead of just bending or deforming. Movie making is 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 weird. It just yeah. it, it seems like something should be really simple and it's never simple. It's always exactly. super complicated. Um <laughs> It's a miracle uh, anything does make it to our screens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so so um Spider-Man, John. Oh yes. Uh what are your what are your sort of like overall feelings about uh these movies? Do you remember uh the first time that you saw this one in particular uh, or I do, do you have I... do you have like Spider-Man just general Spider-Man character feelings you'd like to share? Sure. Um, I I, rem- I remember I saw this movie in the movie theaters uh, mm-hmm. with some with some friends, and I remember uh, there's a being that Spider Man's always set in New York City, and me and Crystal have lived in New York City for the past ten years now. I think eleven years oh, wow. now. Goodness gracious! Yeah. Uh, wow. y- there, you know, there was, and being to that, we just recently had the nine uh, eleven anniversary. Uh, not right. not to date the show, uh, hmm. but do you guys remember when they were early promoting this movie and the it was a preview teaser oh, yeah. trailer where it had mm-hmm. a bunch of guys robbing a bank, mm-hmm. right? And they were getting away in a helicopter, but all of a sudden their helicopter got stuck in a ma- massive web, and they did right. a long shot as they zoomed out, and the web was between the twin towers. Yeah, and right. uh, you know that was right before nine eleven. And uh, as soon as 9-11 happened, obviously, they, they took it down and tried to get rid of it completely. Uh, but I don't know. I just think it's like always um, Spider-Man has always had to take the extra responsibility to deal uh, with that in a responsible manner. And I think that yeah. uh, they it always has uh, in all the franchises that they've had. Um, I really, in this particular movie, I was really excited for it. Um, because a, a modern Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie hadn't been made, I was really kind of disappointed about the whole. Uh, you know, he gets to make his own webbing naturally from his body, and <laughs> instead of using you know web slingers, I'm like, come on, that's yeah. ridiculous. This comes up every time. Yeah, I'm always amazed by how how, it, we're, how we're, deeply we're, people feel about web shooters, one way or the other. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. heavy. We're heavy on the anti uh, biological web shooters. Um, Yes. in the back half of this movie. Well, yeah. The thing is, there's so many times in the comics and the cartoons and stuff where he kind of uses his web-slingers in unconventional ways to solve problems. Right. For example, uh, he's swimming in water and he's going through a tube or something like that. And what he'll do if somebody's being chased by like a shark or, you know, you know all those episodes where Spider-Man's being chased by sharks, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, (laughs) Or he's being pursued by like a missile or something like that. He'll swim through the tube. He'll take out an entire web slinger cartridge and like hit it with a bullet or something like that and make it blow up and it'll go and just fill up the entire tube. So he's, you know, won't be followed anymore. Uh, you know, just seeing him use them in unconventional ways. He's also like took taking them apart and used them for spare parts for things. And so Mm -hmm. there was, it was always, it was something, uh, that was just a part of the, I don't want to say part of the character, but just part of the universe that was always referred to and was always just there and did did not see it in the first modern quote unquote modern, uh, feature length film about Spider-Man was a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a cop out, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit of a cop out. 
other than that, do you like the overall take on on the character, or like were you you know did you like the movie? I guess yes, I really <laughs> liked the movie. Uh, I really liked Willem Dafoe in this movie. The, the older I get, the more and more I really love Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he's like I said, he's amazing in Boondock Saints. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and everything else he's in. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, with uh, like with Tobey Maguire's face, I didn't really like Tobey Maguire. I mean, I know Peter Parker is supposed to be like this kid, you mm-hmm. know, that just gets you know unlikely spider superpowers. But I just <laughs> Tobey Maguire doesn't he, he doesn't sell it to me like the uh, the, the actor that plays Spider Man now. Even though the, mm-hmm. the guy is still like a thirty year old guy, he still looks like a kid, you know, and sells the mm-hmm. whole innocent. Uh, coming of age sort of way that spider-man is and became yeah. i don't know yeah yeah but i sure. I, I don't I, i'm not I'm, I'm literally nitpicking right now i just want to say I, re- I really did enjoy the movie mm-hmm. uh and i do appreciate the analog way that this whole fight scene uh was Ooh, shot analog. That's very analog. super analog <laughs> with the exception of a couple of the webs that he shoots i think some of the webs were added in post oh yeah yeah uh, obviously but, sure. but yeah but the overall environment is very yes. tangible and tactile and it like, is very there yes yeah you could have visited this set and taken cool pictures i think is like my litmus test it's like right would i have cool pictures from the set yeah then it's mostly would be, yeah. <laughs> it would be just them surrounded by a massive green wall and floor <laughs> right which is always a trip yeah um did you like were you a fan of spider-man like a, a big fan of spider-man when you were younger i mean obviously you had a connection to like the the tv show and series but like what was your first interaction with spidey the cultural artifact like can you remember so, yeah i i didn't even put two and two together uh until later in my life but when you know growing up you know your parents tell you uh stories to go to sleep or at yeah. least they used to and my dad used to tell me stories and he would tell me stories about Spider-Man oh. fighting Dr. Octopus. And I oh I remember God. I remember Dr. Octopus and I remember growing up and being around 8 or 9 and then seeing Dr. Octopus in a Spider-Man comic. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Dr. Octopus from my kid. Oh my god, my dad was talking my dad totally ripped off Spider-Man until he <laughs> bedtime <laughs> story." Amazing. So, yeah. I grew up with, you know, Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man as like something I thought was just something my my dad made up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, whoa, also, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. John, is yeah. your dad Stan Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but no, he's no, no. Oh. He's just He's not Kirby, uh, he's not Dicto either. Did, no. Yeah, Ditko, no? Yeah. No. He's just okay. a retired guy that lives in Texas now. <laughs> oh man. I, I love the like innocent audacity of that to like Yeah. Well, yeah, you I gotta did... tell my kid something. Yeah, I invented yeah. Spider Man, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also when I was older, he like made me sit he made me sit down and he read The Hobbit to me. And I was like, Oh, oh this wow. Is awesome. That's it's pretty great. Oof. Good man. Yeah. Good dad. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Dad. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that's I. I think that might take the cake for for coolest Spider-Man origin story. Uh, <laughs> oh, cake taken. Maybe. All right. All right. One oh eight. I like that. I like <laughs> that a my lot. Flag. That's really great. Um, we'll get. We'll send you a smoking jacket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been needing a new one. Mine is all smoked out. <laughs> uh well uh thanks for for joining us for this minute john yeah thanks for having me it's really a great podcast and a great time absolutely um tell people uh where they can find you on the internet 
Sure, I do a podcast like this one with the Movies by Minutes Maven Crystal Beth mm-hmm. over at uh, thefifthelement.com. I do a podcast called The Fifth Element. It's about the movie The Fifth Element. We discuss it one minute at a time, just like this podcast. So check that Ooh. out if you like the movie The Fifth Element. Yeah. And uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter at John Robert Wilso, or you can listen to another podcast that me and Crystal do. It's called Unlimited Live. It's about video games, and we're over at thelastpodcastnetwork.com. Beautiful. Nice. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much. Uh, make sure everybody go check out uh, John Roberts' stuff uh, on all the places that he mentioned. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with Minute 109. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks again. Bye.